Hello, hello, everyone. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever time it is for you. My name is Alec, and today we're going to be having another fun conversation with uh, an upcoming speaker at one of our events coming up, which will be DesignConf. That's June 9th and 10th, I believe. It's going to be a super fun time. Our guest today is the one and only Fonz Morris. Fonz works at Netflix, where he is the lead product designer for Global Conversion. And he's got a really interesting talk coming up. But before we get into that, I'd, we're, we're going to hear a little bit about a story. We're going to hear a little bit about what kind of stuff he's up to. So, Fonz, welcome to the welcome to the program. Hello, 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 Alec. Thanks for the invite, and I'm excited to be here today. And the noise you hear in the background is my Frenchie who wants to bring her bone in as soon as we start recording. That's what we love to hear. You know, life is happening in this remote world, especially. I think we've I think we finally started to embrace it. You know, if sometimes your kid or your pet starts making noises, that's okay. That's just totally normal. And I think this is a good this is a good change. It's life, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, first of all, like tell me a bit about your path. Like how, how, how do you end up doing what you're doing today? Where do you think the starting point is in your journey here? It's interesting because when I first started, I didn't think my starting point was the same as I think it is now. I think my starting point now is when I was born, honestly, because I was born in New York and New York is the culture mecca of the world. It is one of the architectural capitals of the world, is one of the fashion centers of the world. It's so much going on in New York. And now that I look back, I was exposed to so much design and so much architecture early that that's what piqued my interest in the space. I originally wanted to be an architect, though, and I went to high school to study architecture and I was going to go to architecture school. But a friend of mine's father was an architect and he told me that architects don't make a lot of money <laughs> when they get started. Wow, I was not trying to hear that. So I made a I made a quick beeline to computers and got a degree in computer science. So I would say my interest in design started young, but my design career started when I was graduating college. I got my computer science degree and my university opened up a multimedia computer lab that they furnished with all new Mac PC equipment, hardware, all the software you could possibly need. It was like a dream come true. And I literally just moved into the lab and I was in the lab every day for two years. And I taught myself every single skill and program I needed to be able to start making money from design. And then that's what led to me creating my first design agency, started doing more web projects, more graphic design work, started getting real money. And then my design agency ended up getting acquired by one of our customers. And that's when I moved over into product design and launched my first startup and then went back into corporate America and got another entrepreneurship opportunity with the same people from the first time. So I've bounced in and out of corporate America and, and entrepreneurship because my dad's an entrepreneur. That's awesome. And it's how poetic that we're bringing you back to New York for this conference. <laughs> right. That's why when you guys reached out, I was like, of course, I want to go home. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm from Toronto and Toronto sometimes likes to call itself like a little version of New York, but like New York's in a league all its own. It's uh, it's such a special place. Every time you, I go there, I'm just like, it's so different and just so full. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. For 
So I'm excited. Yeah. So so let's talk a bit about you know where where you're at today because it's it's interesting to me that you have this kind of varied experience. First of all, clearly you're very you know kind of go getter. You run your own businesses. You taught yourself all this stuff, and you've also like you said you've been going back and forth between working in these larger companies versus doing your own thing. How do you think that has um, influenced the type of the way you view the work that you do today? And, you know, like both from, you know, a kind of philosophical looking down at it level, but also like day to day, how you operate. So maybe this will sound off the wall, but because of my experiences, I don't suffer from imposter syndrome. I earned (laughs) where I am right now. Like I earned them. Like I got here through nothing but hard work, blood, sweat and tears. So every day I go to work, I go to work extremely confident that I can do the best job possible. And I will do the best job because I got here step by step by step. Which that means a lot because there's a lot of pressure working at these blue chip companies. And the last thing you want is the pressure from work and then your own internal pressures, which can really have a big impact on you. So the fact that I've grinded and went through all of these different scenarios, they led me to get here. There wasn't one specific thing that got me to Netflix. Everything was a stepping stone. So because of that, I'm very proud of where I am. And I try to tell my story to hopefully inspire other people to believe in themselves and keep pushing no matter what. And I feel very fortunate, but I also know that I'm a hard worker and I will continue to be a hard worker. I will continue to strive for excellence and upward mobility. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. Why do you think that so many folks, I think particularly in creative roles, kind of have this nagging imposter syndrome following them around? It seems to really be prevalent for certain roles and not for others. Because it's a new industry and most people are comparing themselves to the top, top, top 0.1% of designers. And because you're going on Google to research things, you're looking at their portfolio, you're looking at their LinkedIn, and you're seeing all the stuff that they've done. You're looking at all the stuff that you haven't done. And because of that, you start to to feel as if you're not good enough. And that is totally not true. It's just time. You have to have patience. If you have patience, see, I don't think a lot of the younger generation, including myself and you, we have patience because of social media. We want quick success. We want to go from no money to millions. We want to go from no job to executive overnight. And it just doesn't work like that. So when when you don't see yourself maybe excelling fast enough, it's like, maybe I'm not good enough or nobody ever coached you and supported you enough to help you get that confidence to be able to be comfortable as a designer. I think a lot of designers focus only on the craft side and the craft side is not the end all be all. There's a heavy soft skill side to design. And if you don't nurture and support that side, it's going to show later on. And I think that's where the imposter syndrome comes from. Few designers are faking it. Like few designers are scientists, but they're acting like they're a product designer. You know what I mean? You're a product designer because you, did the time, you did the studying, you did the work, you have the experience, and now this this company has believed in you, and it's just unfortunate that you got your shot and you now are questioning whether or not you really deserve this shot. It's such an interesting way that you just phrase that, but it, it it's kind of like by definition true. It's like when somebody offers you a job, what they're saying is, I believe in you, right? 
that's why I'm giving you this money. That's why I'm giving you this role. But it doesn't feel that way, does it? <laughs> so who's the imposter, Alec? Me or the company? Because the company hired me, but they hired me and they saw I wasn't a real designer. That doesn't even make sense, but that's a human psyche. And that's why I said it goes yeah. back to the confidence and the support that you need early so that when you get to these points of success, you don't spend that time questioning yourself. You spend that energy and that time looking forward and how to keep going. I feel like this, you're very elegantly dovetailing us into the the topic of your talk at DesignConf, which I think is, so, so let's just, let's just go there because this is such a great transition. First of all, can you give us a brief overview of what it is you plan to talk about? And then what kind of inspired you to be like, no, no, I actually need to make space to, to have a conversation about this and get this message out there. For sure. So my talk originally, it was going to be maybe about growth design and working at Netflix and all these other type of things. And I've given a bunch of those talks before. And I really appreciate the learners team for pushing me to be to think a little more outside the box with my topic. So my topic is going to be about it takes a village to to raise. Okay, so the saying is it takes a village to raise a child. Right. Meaning. Not only does it take your parents, it'll take your aunts, your uncles, your neighbors, your teachers, the policemen, who, the doctors, everybody helps raise a child, right? And I feel that same thing is relevant with design, where how are these up-and-coming designers going to grow and become mid-senior staff if nobody ever gives them a shot, if nobody spends the time to mentor them, portfolio reviews? answer their questions, give them the support that they need, how are they really going to figure it out? Somebody has to care. And I have spent the last, actually my whole life, but I've been very aggressive the last four years once I was able to transition from the West Coast to the East Coast and go from startup to one of the most prolific online education platforms on the planet to make sure that I support the up and coming generation. So I do podcasts. I've built mentorship programs. I have over 50 mentees. I do a ton of public speaking. And it's not because I want the fame or I want to be in the front because I really don't. I prefer to be behind the scenes. But I know these these students, these people, they need the support and they look up to me. And I'm honored to be in the position because to transition into the second part, when I started, I didn't have a mentor. There was nobody really doing product design. Product design was more industrial design. There wasn't a lot of digital apps, web apps being developed at that moment. So I had to spend a lot of time figuring this out. And I don't want a lot of these students to have to spend the same time that I did because it's not necessary. Why go through something two, three times if somebody can maybe give you some pointers to help you excel faster? And that's what I like about the mentorship. Tech is very closed, even though people don't understand that. Tech is closed and then design and tech is very closed as well. So it's not easy for you to get access to somebody to ask questions about how you could potentially get into the industry or level up at your job or what does it take to to land a great job. All of that information is not really easy to find. You can Google it if you want, but there's nothing like hearing it and talking to somebody who's actually lived it. And that's what's important to me. So I want to talk about the different mentor program that I've created, the impact that they've had, and a lot of the impact that the one-on-one mentorships that I've engaged in have had on me, the individual on the receiver end, and just the community as a whole. One of the things that I really love about what you're saying here too is 
working in tech, especially for bigger tech companies, there's this kind of this mindset, I feel like sometimes where everything we have to do has to be at this giant scale, or it has to work at this giant scale. But in my view, the most important step that you take to reach that is by doing something that's not scalable by just reaching out to the people or whatever it is that's next to you and giving them a leg up. And from there, you can learn about other things that might be able to scale. Do you feel like that's a similar mentality shift that you think we need to make as a community? Yeah, I totally think that's, I mean, I think you hit it spot on, man. It's that I like to to be able to, to inspire people, to be able to have empathy for the community. A lot of people don't see, maybe for me, because I came from the streets of Brooklyn and I was just trying to figure it out, right? So maybe I'm just more empathetic to people that are going that route. I didn't go to design school. Like I said, I, I got a computer science degree. There are no designers in my family like that. My dad is a florist. So maybe there's a little bit of creativity between us for that. But as far as the industry that I wanted to go in, I didn't have any help. I didn't have any direction. I didn't know what to do. And I love being able to be that beacon to help all of these up and coming people come into design. There's jobs, there's seats, there's space. We need more diversity. We need more perspectives to build these inclusive properties that everybody is using. So where is this talent going to come from? That's a great question. So let's kind of go towards the end of what you're going to be talking about. And like, what do you want people to kind of take away from it? What do you want them to do differently once they've heard their talk, you've you've preached, they've they've taken mm-hmm. the Fonz gospel and now they're ready to like, okay, what's that next step that you hope that they take that you're gonna you're gonna kinda like that path for them? So I'm not one of those type of people who who want them to as soon as you get out of my talk, I need you to go to <laughs> people and mentor. I need you to go to the boys' club in the morning. None of that. I need you to listen first, understand where I'm coming from, and see how in your scenario, you can potentially support the community. Everybody doesn't have time to mentor. Everybody doesn't have time to do this. It's not about comparison. It's not about a checklist. It's just how can you support the design industry moving forward? What does that look like to you? How do you want to support it? Just as long as you're doing something, Mm -hmm. I want to contribute in whatever way they can, whether it's you could do a portfolio review. You could just respond to somebody LinkedIn post, a junior designer's post on LinkedIn. That would probably make their day. You could do a one-on-one once a month. You can join a mentor program. Maybe you can create a mentor program at your job. It's a ton of things you can do. I just want to open up people's eyes and ears to the concept of supporting the design community more because we need it. It's a small community. Even though you may think it's massive, it's really not. So your impact is really powerful and important. So I want people to make sure that they understand that and that they're that they're moving forward with that. You know what was my favorite example that you just listed out there? Going on LinkedIn and and replying to a yeah. post. That's that's such a that's a tiny thing, but I I mean I I remember the, some of those moments in my life. You know, Alex, I respond to every single LinkedIn message I get, and it takes me a while sometimes. But you know what? It is so impactful for these junior designers, mid-level, senior level, just anybody. They think almost Fonz would never respond to this. So they just send this lofty message of like, maybe if you ever get a second, you could. And here I go responding back like, hey, Alec, what's up? I think that's 
stuff, looks good, give a little bit of feedback, goes a long way. I've had people reach out to me for a little talk like that, a 10, 15 minute chat, follow up a year later and tell me, hey, Fonz, I just got a new job at this company and I don't think I could have got it without your support a year ago. So that's what I'm saying. It's not about keeping a list of all the things you've done. It's about support in whatever way you can. And that little bit of a response to a LinkedIn post could change somebody's life. Yeah, I I, I think that's beautiful. And I, I maybe you, you've had these moments too, but there are some moments that I recall in my career where I just couldn't believe that somebody said that I was good, you know? And it's just like- That's what we need to hear. We don't hear that enough as humans. So I spend a lot, I mean, I'm a very optimistic person, but I'm empathetic and I'm supportive. That's why I keep saying that word. I'm telling people that all the time. Yeah. We just don't hear it enough, man, honestly. I love it. I'm super excited for your talk. I think it's going to be an amazing time. Get ready. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be ready enough, but I am going to be there and I'm going to take it all in. I guarantee you that. Let's go. Design, let's, let's go. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this little podcast episode. I can't wait to see you in Brooklyn. Maybe you can give us some recommendations uh, on some places to go and things to see. I can do that. I will do that. I do know of one pizza place is the best pizza place in New York City. It's just really hard to get to, though. I think it's worth the Uber, though, man. I really think I might try to convince some of us to to jump in an Uber, split the fare, and, Definitely. and take the trek into the depth of Brooklyn to get the best pizza you can possibly have. It's going to happen. I'm down. I'm there. Well, we'll see you in a few weeks. Um, and I can't wait to learn with you, man. Thank you for, for setting this up. I'm really excited about the conference, and I will bring my A game for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Well, for those of you tuning in, thank you so much for, for listening. This was Fonz Morris, who's going to be giving a, an incredible talk at DesignConf on June uh, 9th and 10th, happening in just a few weeks' time, like I said. If you want to join us, there's two ways you can do so. One is if you'd like to be there in person, we do have a limited number of in-person tickets available. Head over to designconf22.joinlearners.com. We'd love to see you in person. But if you're one of those folks who likes to take it all in from the comfort of your own living room, or maybe you don't have the full L&D budget that you'd like to be able to join in person, you can watch for free. That's right. It's free. We're going to be streaming the whole thing for free. So head over to designconf22.joinlearners.com to get your free ticket as well. And one final thing, we just announced this today. I don't know when this is coming out, but we now have officially announced our Name Your Price ticket. So if you want to come in person, but your company is not going to support you, we got these special things, this limited number. Uh, you get to fill out a form. And uh, it's on a first come, first serve basis, but you get to decide how much you want to pay. It could be $1, could be $100, could be whatever it is. But we'd love to see you in person. We always want to make space for folks who don't have the L&D budgets that, that some of the big companies have. So we'll see you there. Can't wait to hang out with you and see you on the next episode.